Radio International, the post-Eurovision depression cure with Dr. JP. JP! Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Abemus. Mr. Neff, Mr. Neff. E, Mr. Neff, che facciamo? Abemus. JP! You're listening to Radio International with JP. Hello, everybody. This is Stop Shestop and Advahov Brothers from Moldova. You are listening to Radio International with GP. This is our song, Trenuletsu. It means the train. Enjoy, everybody. Presenting Latvia, and you are listening to Radio International with JP, not with me, but a different JP. And this is our song, Eat Your Salad. Enjoy, baby. Hello, this is Oleg from Kalosh Orchestra from Ukraine. You are listening to Radio International with JP. This is our song, Stefania. The Sound of Beauty. Sweden. Hello, this is Robin Bengtsson from Sweden. And this is my song, I Can't Go On. Enjoy. It's Radio International. I can't go on. I can't go on. Gotta keep it together. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Cause baby, you make me better. Somewhere I 
What are we gonna do now? Radio International. Oh joy! <laughs> This is Linda Woodruff, the official spokesperson for the Eurovision Broadcasting Union, the EBU. You're listening to Radio International with JP. It's amazing. And you have a good timing, Linda. You're also amazing. Always nice to have you on the show. Announcing me to come on. Well, hello there. JP in the hot seat for the next four hours. Of this week's edition of Radio International, the ultimate Eurovision experience, as well as the post-Eurovision depression cure. It's Dr. JP here in the hot seat, and I've got my nurses with me. That'll be injecting you with lots of Eurovision stuff there, so you don't feel the PED, the post-Eurovision depression. And let me start by... uh, saying that I'm really delighted that Dana is returning on the show today. We had her last week on the program for the interview, but then we we figured out we haven't even gone through half of the questions we had. It's a lovely chat with John, Mark, Salman and me, the Eurovision winner of of 1970, and she'll be back in our second hour today to continue with the interview. How lovely. Great to have the first Irish... Winner coming back to Radio International. But also on the show today from the Eurovision land of 2022, we got some interview clips, we got red carpet clips, we got press conference clips. You're going to hear interviews and voices of uh, Vladana Ronella. We got the Austrian guys there. Lumix and Pia Maria there. As well, we got uh, Alvan and Hess uh, from La France. Malta's Emma Muscat. And well, if we can squeeze her in as well this week, it's going to be Chanel. Plus, we got our usual bits and pieces coming away as well. Eurovision 2022 in the eyes seen by Dermot Manning. From Ireland, our Irish voice. David Mann has got for us the Eurovision cover spot and the birthday file to come. As well, we got the Eurovision news. The very first time he's going to be doing it on the show today. And once again, a big thanks to Nathan Modell over the last nine years or so. Reading the Eurovision news. Now from ESCXL.com, we're going to be welcoming Nick. Nick van Liet joining us. From the Netherlands in our third hour today at the usual news spot at 10 minutes past. Righty, let me tell you, we, the, the reason we kicked off the show today was with Robin Bankson. And uh, I can't go on, that was the winner of Melody Festival in uh, 2017. Subsequently, he did go to the Eurovision Song Contest in Kiev in 2017, reaching fifth place with a fantastic performance uh, he did. And uh, he's got a new song out, and we're going to be hearing that one in a few moments' time. It's called Don't You Dare. But... For the summertime that's arriving now, it's it's June we're in now. Let me take you into 1987. Germany. 
heard this the other day on the weekend in Germany on Germany Radio and I thought I gotta have to play that for you. It's Wind that came second. Last is on the- for the days when Germany reached second place in the 80s by the band Wind Lasti Sonne in dein Herz written by Ralf Siegel and we had the voice of Wind on our show last year in an interview we did last summer there by uh, Mr. Högelmeier there righty let now, let's now have uh, listen to the new song by Robin Bankson you don't dare here we go radio international the post eurovision depression cure with dr jp new Hello, Robin. Are you going to be singing for us or not? Let me, let's see. Let's, oh, it's not going to be singing now. So, uh, I'll tell you what. Let's have a little bit of, uh, of that. We, we, it's going to work because I heard it before. So it should be working. I'm going to find for you the good copy of the song.
there he is. Okay. Although it's hard to read your mind, I think I got a clue. Doubt yourself from time to time. Hear what I'm telling you. Yeah. If you ever, ever, only for a moment, thought that your skin was better than day. If you're questioning the fact that you belong here, you better think again. So don't you dare, don't you go away. International, the ultimate Eurovision experience. This is the new song by Robin Bankson. And don't you dare. You know, I haven't even told you where we are available. Let me do this right now. So, you know. Kenley, right? Each and every Wednesday, we are on Switch Eurovision 24 7. It's a new radio station in the United Kingdom. Belonging to the Switch Network, Switch Eurovision was launched in the Eurovision Week 2022 and it's going to be there forever. Let's hope. <laughs> We're there each and every Wednesday from 7 p.m. Central European Time till 11. Alrighty, and then we also live on Facebook on our group. Eurovision Radio International, you find us there. The first post you see is about the show as well as there's the link to the chat room. There's a link with Minute inside there. You can join us and chat with all the other Eurovision fans that are there already. In fact, there is Javier, there is Robbie and there is also the Hawk in London awaiting you. 
to chat with you about Eurovision tunes. You can request your songs in there. And we're going to be putting them on the air and, of course, give you a mention too. But that's only possible on Wednesdays, all right? If you're listening to the show on uh, any other day, such as... Switch Radio Essex. I think that's where we are now on the weekends at 1 p.m. Central European time, that's Saturday and Sunday. And then we're also on Sundays on South Norfolk Radio. And that's also around lunchtime. I think it's between 1 and 4 p.m. Central European time or so. And on Tuesdays, you can catch us up on uh, Radio 105 in sunny Malta. Starting the show at 9 p.m. there, Central European time. And on GoGo Radio Gibraltar each and every Friday, kickstarting the weekend at 10 p.m. Alrighty. So, and did you miss any of, of, those, of the shows? Feel not, you can always catch up the, uh, the show on our website at www.radiointernational.tv and there's also a link to how to listen to the show in case you missed it. If you want to listen live to the uh, radio stations where we're broadcasting the show to. Or rather from, I should say. <laughs> Alrighty. Time to go back in time and uh, take a look at Eurovision 2022. Uh, we have been putting her on the playlist for quite some time, but never got time to play the interview back that we have with Ronella from Albania. Everybody thought that she would qualify for the grand final and she didn't. What was the cause? No idea. Some people say the, the, the outfit, some people say the singing. But let's go and have a listen to the interview and uh, then we play of course the song called Secret right here on Radio International The Eurovision Song Contest 2022 on Radio International with JP And the next country coming up today is Albania, we're in Turin at the Eurovision Song Contest and we're meeting Ronella Hi! Hi, how are you guys? I'm good, how are you doing and how were the rehearsals today? Good, we're a bit tired like everybody because I'm the opener and I have to rehearse early in the morning so I got up at 3 a.m. to do my makeup but basically I slept at 2 a.m. so as you can see I'm a bit tired. Ronella could you introduce yourself and tell us something about your musical background? Um, my name is Ronella Hayati and I'm from Albania. Uh, I'm uh, a singer. I can say well-known singer because I, I have my whole life singing in Albania and doing music, writing music, writing lyrics, not for myself but only, uh, not only for myself but for other artists as well in Albania. I sang in uh, everywhere there Albanians are and in Europe, in the whole Europe and United States, everywhere that Albanians party. And I do commercial music, pop, dance hall, reggaeton. And um, I have many shows in Albania. I, I do a lot of gigs. And I think people there support me a lot. And they know me since I was a kid. And that's all. Now I'm here on Eurovision. So how were you selected in order to represent Albania at Eurovision? I won Festival Congress, which is uh, a competition that you can go there and if you can win, you come here. Is it a televised event? What? Is it a televised event? A televised? Yeah, a television event. Yes, it is. It's the event of the national TV. 
And if I'm not mistaken, it has always been a dream of yours ever since you were a child to grace the Eurovision stage. How does that feel now? I mean, everybody, every singer in Albania has a dream to come in Eurovision and not only in Albania, but in whole Europe, because it's like the biggest stage that you can have as an artist. And it's the biggest festival. It's the festival of love, the festival of freedom, festival of show. You can do everything you like here. So according to the running order of the songs, you will open up the first semi-final. Now, how much does this add to the excitement? I am excited, but I feel a lot of responsibilities because I want to do this good. You do this only once, so it has to be the best. So let us talk about your song. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about the storytelling of your act? The storytelling is that everybody can love whoever they want to, but if they want to keep it secret, they can. I mean, it's their private life. They can do whatever they like. And sometimes it's better if you keep it a secret, because if people know, they will ruin it. So what makes your entry that popular is raw and ethnic energy and mixing styles. Has it been your idea from the start to rap in the middle of the entry and have these yeah. moments of melody progressions? Yeah, it was my idea. Uh, I did the melody and the lyrics and two other guys uh, who work in different studios worked for this song. They helped me a lot. They did an amazing job. And then we did the revamp in England. But uh, yeah, to mix ethnic with modern, it's so good. And everybody in the world does it. Best DJs in the world, you can see, mixing up uh, ethnic sounds with modern music. So what are your references in reggaeton music? References where? In reggaeton music. Oh, reggaeton music. Oh my God, I love Rosalia and I love Carol G and I love Becky G and I love J Balvin, Ozuna, everybody. I love them. That you were involved with large productions in the past. But what makes the difference being part of Eurovision? Because you have an audience that don't know your career and you have to impress them. And I love to impress people for good. <laughs> Ronella, you will have three minutes to impress the audience. We wish you the very best of luck next week. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Ronella and I'm from Albania. You're listening to Radio International with JP and this is my song Secret. Enjoy. Albania.
Ronella from Albania and Segret. The name of the song that uh, Albania sent to the Eurovision Song Contest 2022 in Turin. It ended up number 12 in the first semi-final. Sadly, it didn't qualify for the grand final for Saturday. Uh, but hopefully next time more, more luck. I call her the, actually the, the Albanian Ruslana because the way she was dancing. kind of well, It's a good song when you listen to it. So nice, nice uh, stuff there. But okay, you can only have 10 songs from the semi-final into the grand final. And she was number 12, sadly. She didn't make the, the, the step there. Let's continue. Speaking to the stars of Eurovision on Radio International with JP. It is the PED, the post Eurovision Depression Cure with Dr. JP. We take a look back at Eurovision 2022 and have some interview clips, press conference clips, as well as red carpet clips, and of course, the songs. Vladana right now from Montenegro. She sang the song Breathe. We met her initially at the Melody Festival on weekend in Sweden, in Stockholm, and we have an interview with her. Uh, but now I had a pleasure to ask her a question at the press conference. Let's go listen. Hello, Team Montenegro. Vladana, nice to see you again. It's JP from Radio International. Hi, I remember you. <laughs> from Stockholm in Sweden, yes. <laughs> now, in that interview you gave us, you, you told us the story of Breathe, the song. If you maybe could tell us this to the Eurovision fans once more and also how you uh, came up to work together with Darko Dimitrov yes. who's a big name in the Eurovision world yes. um, I wrote the song after my mom died from Covid uh, exactly six months ago and I uh, then I was so hurt uh, naturally and I couldn't speak a word but I wrote a song two days after that and I thought uh, that someone else should hear it because it has a message and in meanwhile uh, our public broadcaster had an internal selection and I applied with a song I called Darko uh, because he's Macedonian and my mom was Macedonian so I'm half North Macedonian and I thought that I want something mixed from Macedonia in that song so I called him because he has a big experience in Eurovision and big experience in those powerful ballads and I thought that he's gonna give that magic uh, to my song he accepted when he heard the lyrics and he can tell something else about that amazing uh, that she, she got the power to, after th that what happened to her, to, to wrote something like that. And uh, when she told me the story, when I heard the demo, uh, immediately I, I understand that totally what she was uh, going through, because many people in the world was going through the same uh, pain and uh, suffering of this, let's say, two years, hope this everything is ends finally. And uh, I was really inspired to help her uh, to finish this song and uh, I think that uh, it will shine on the, on the semi-final because the song is uh, written uh, for the stage. It's a stage song and uh, many songs like this, uh, they, they really got the, the perfect, they got spotlight on the, on the show. It, it happened to me with the proud song, Watamara's song, it was like normal song until the Eurovision. So, and then she, she got the first uh, 
place on the jury vote. So uh, it's it, there are songs who are good for YouTube. There are songs who are good for stage. So I think uh, uh, like she, she, today she she showed very two very powerful performance in the rehearsals. So I think she'll be she'll show that on the semi-final and. Uh, I told her and to everybody, this is the song what uh, got very good uh, uh, message and it will stay forever. So I'm proud that I helped her to to finish this song. Uh, and then Dimitrov, I, I think that just uh, did 12 songs for Eurovision, Yes, right? and it's 12 for Montenegro appearance. So yeah. 12 and we are singing on 12 May. Yeah. It's yeah, the it's game symbolic. number is symbolic, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Hi, my name is Vladana from Montenegro. You're listening to Radio International with JP, and this is my song, Breathe. Enjoy. Montenegro. The pain will go away, they say, in the clouds fall. You'll keep the things you feel their smell Just to make you warm But nothing feels the same The fear won't leave you anyway The battle for the life is bigger than you know To act so selfishly is unforgivable The air is what they need
Vladana and Breathe from Montenegro. She ended up number 17 in the second semi-final. Uh, the only Balkan ballad and then it didn't go any higher than that. Maybe it was the outfit uh, that she had on. Looked like a satellite dish attached to her. Anyway, that was Vladana and the song Breathe. Now let's go and meet Andromaki from uh, Cyprus next right here on... Here we go. Radio International, the post-Eurovision depression cure with Dr. JP. We're at the Eurovision Song Contest 2022 and with us now we have the big pleasure to speak to Andromaki who is actually from Cyprus, but she also was born in Germany. Hello, Andromati, how are you? Hi, the pleasure is mine. Uh, yes, I was born in Germany and raised there till I got nine years old. Now I live in Athens. Mm-hmm. You have to come to Athens. Have you been there? Oh, yes, of course. Your vision 2006 was in Athens. You were there, nice. So, so how come uh, you, you left when you were nine? You left uh, Germany? Yeah, I left when I was nine. Uh, so obviously you do speak German as well. Yeah, uh, ich versuche. <laughs> okay, uh, so, so yeah, I'm German as well. So don't you miss the German culture? Or are you still going back and forth? I actually miss Germany. Uh, yesterday I had an interview with some Germans and I was like, oh my God, ich möchte zu Deutschland gehen und I want to, to go on a trip there. Mm-hmm. I was in Berlin actually uh, some years ago, but I want to go uh, where I was born and raised. Okay, yes. uh, in, uh, you're now in Athens, but you are actually representing Cyprus. Yes. So how, did, how did this come up? Oh, it came up because I just had the... I mean, they asked me to do it, so I was really happy. It was a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say no. Um, yeah, it's really important that somebody believed in me that much. So I'm really happy to do it. Uh, Eurovision Song Contest is, is, is amazing. It's, you're very young as well and you will be facing millions of people watching yes. you perform your song Ella. Yes. Uh, how do you cope with that pressure? I don't think about it. I, I think that I'm in my shell mm-hmm. and sing alone. <laughs> but I, I love uh, the fact that I'm going to sing in front of so many people and so many people are going to, to hear Ella and dance with us and sing with us Mm -hmm. and it's good it's a huge opportunity to show what i want to show to the world now ella what is the song about what is the message and maybe you can sing a little bit of it just the chorus line of course of course so ella um, uh, is talking about love um, I try to seduce my my lover to come to me. I want to hug him and fly away with him, and it it shows the, the feelings I have when uh, I stare at him and he stares at me. So. Στην αγκαλιά μου ζήσε άλλη μια μέρα Στην αγκαλιά μου πάμε μαζί πιο πέρα Στα όνειρά μου βάλε φτερά και πέτα You could be my only one Να 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 νία μάν Έλα 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 Und 
in a good way, huh? Yeah, yes. thank <laughs> it's you so really, much. really uh, amazing. I love her, she's amazing. Ah, she, she's, she's uh, the queen that brought yeah. Eurovision to uh, uh, Greece. Think, yes. uh, uh, what's in the future for you at Eurovision, after Eurovision? Uh, many, many live performances, uh, many songs, an album, um, and good moments, mm -hmm. really good moments. I can't wait. And, and your vision is all about, about music. And holidays, and sorry, and holidays. holidays. I need that's holidays, please. Important, and you're living in a holiday country too. <laughs> yes, of course. Now, your vision is all about uniting music, yes. and and were you able to, to mix with the other Eurovision performers of this year, of this class, yes. school year? Yes, <laughs> I haven't seen many uh, because we, I think all of us are trying to, to avoid this thing with Covid, mm. we try to be careful, uh, but I can't wait to meet everybody, I, I have met only some of mm -hmm. them. Fantastic, you're coming from the island of Aphrodite. Mm -hmm. And so Aphrodite, is, is this your favorite god of, of uh, yeah, I think she is, the Greek yeah. mythology? She is. She Fantastic. Is. Nice to meet you, nice Andromachi. Nice to meet you too. Vielen, vielen Dank. Viel Glück. Oh, all the best of luck. Dank. And enjoy the performance at Eurovision Thank this you. year. I hope you enjoyed too.
beautiful piece of music there by a beautiful lady from sunny Cyprus. Now living in Athens in Greece, Andromaki and Ella, the Cypriot entry for Eurovision 2022 ended up at number 12 in semi-final two. Radio International. Oh, I love it. Europe's number one. Yeah. Time to celebrate. Happy birthday. Here comes David with a birthday file. And get ready for Dana in our next hour to come. It's Eurovision birthday time once again here on Radio International and although we don't have any Eurovision winners this time our list does include no less than four artists who've represented Croatia on the Eurovision stage and a representative from the early days of black and white Eurovision coverage too. But we'll begin by going to Estonia where we send happy birthday greetings to their 2000 representative Edda Inace Eti or simply Inace. It's greetings also to Amber Bondin, Malta's 2015 representative at Eurovision, who released a new track called I Need You only a few days ago. To Austria's Nadine Beiler, who represented her country at the 2011 contest in Dusseldorf. To Maimuna Amadou Murachko, or simply Maimuna, who partnered Uzari for Belarus in 2015. To Donna McCall, one half of Donna and Joe for Ireland 10 years earlier in 2005. To Moldova's representative at the 2012 contest in Baku, Pasha Parfaini. To Turkey's singer at the 2007 contest, Kenan Dugulu. And to Georgia's singer that year too, Sofo Kalvashi. From the junior contest, birthday cake cutting has been in progress this week for Krizi Todorova from Bulgaria 2014 and for Isabella Clark who sang for Australia at the juniors in 2017. And it's been celebrations this week also for Vaidota Zvalia Kivisius, lead singer from The Roop, Lithuania's representatives originally chosen for the 2020 contest who carried over their participation to 2021 instead. Marianne Keller, a member of Dutch group Frizzle Sizzle in 1986, has been celebrating her birthday this week, while it's also been celebrations for one of the artists who appeared in the 1960 contest at London's Royal Festival Hall, Winfried Liesenhoop, better known as Germany's Winhoop. Our four Croatian Eurovision representatives with birthdays this week are Daria Kinza from 2011, Claudia Benny from 2013, Tony Chetinsky from 1994 and Leda Stamenkovic, Croatia's junior Eurovision representative in 2015. And we've also got to send greetings to three artists who've appeared on the Eurovision stage more than once. Iceland's Gunnar Olason, a member of Too Tricky in 2001 and then one of Sione's friends ten years later. Tamara Todevska, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia's 2008 singer, who returned for the then newly christened North Macedonia in 2019. And to another Icelander, Jon Josips Nebjornsson, or Jonzi, who performed solo for Iceland in 2004 and then returned duetting with Greta Salome in 2012. 
We'll hear Jons' 2004 entry Heaven in a minute or two, after we've sent birthday greetings to the man who unfortunately ended up at the opposite end of the grand final scoreboard from Lorene and the Russian grannies in Baku in 2012. He did manage to avoid being added to Norway's Null Quantas list with his song Stay, so let's send happy birthday greetings for this week to Turaj Keshkar, better known as Norway's Tuji. Hi, this is Tuji from Norway, and you're listening to Radio International with JP, and this is my song Stay. Enjoy! This is Beyoncé and you are listening to Radio International with JP. I still miss you and it makes me feel blue And I'm lost without those colors of you I can't think straight, I just wanna be Wherever you are 
Thank you very much, David Mann, for the Eurovision birthday fire this week. He'll be back in the fourth hour with the Eurovision cover spot. And that's taken us into the a winner of a Eurovision Song Contest. And we've seen her rather lately, actually. We have seen her in uh, the Eurovision Song Contest 2022. But more to this a bit later on. Right now, here comes a request for Robert. Robert Wallström, or Robbie, in Gothenburg in Sweden. He would like to listen to Miriam Christine, who took part for Malta at the Eurovision Song Contest in 19. 19- 1996 in the woman's heart was the song in 2010 she tried again with a beautiful contradiction and here comes the song sadly it was eliminated in the pre-selections for the final of the motor eurovision song contest but that's how life goes let's go and listen and we'll be back after the break on top of the hour with dana
this is Dana from Ireland and you're listening to Radio International with JP. I don't know why I'm playing this one now. She, she can do it actually live because she's here. Dana, the winner of the Eurovision Song Contest 1970, the first of the seven Irish victories there. And I had the pleasure to meet Dana in 2013 in Limerick when there was the uh, winners, the Irish winners concert touring the, uh, the country of Ireland. And uh, we had the, the pleasure to interview her. Hello, Dana. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's so lovely to be with you all again. And and thanks for for taking uh, the time again to come back. And let me also say hello to to my co-interviewers. Uh, the panel is Salman. Hello, Salman. Hi, everybody. We had last week a really nice session with very interesting stories. So I'm really glad to have Dana back and that we can also continue our interview. So thanks a lot, Dana. Thank you, Salman. And over to Johnny London. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. And thank you so much, Dana, for agreeing to uh, come back and be interviewed by us. The pleasure is all ours. Oh, no, it's my pleasure, John. Lovely to see you. And we have the bodyguard of uh, the team. It's, it's Mark in, in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yes, after this wonderful first interview last week, uh, we can't wait for the second part of the interview. So thank you very much, Dana, for sharing your memories and the time uh, with us. It's a pleasure, Mark. Nice to see you. Well, let me just put one thing correct, because I think last week on the show we played a German version of All Kinds of Everything, which uh, Dana recorded that, but I played back Manuela. Uh, the file name was misspelled, uh, so do apologize for that. Um, but I tell you, we have a couple of surprises on the show today as well, and uh, to this throughout the hour we're going to have with Dana now. And we put together a set of questions which we couldn't finish last week, so we're going to continue this week and uh, the first one goes to, to Salman. Yes, Dana. So many people don't know that uh, one year before you went to Eurovision in 1969, you already participated for the first time in the Irish um, national final and you also received a very good place. You, you got second. So how did it feel be being there the first time and uh, was it clear for you from the very first moment I'm going to come back next year or was, did it take some, somebody to convince you to try it again? Well, Salman, the 1969 National Song Contest, they opened it up to even amateur singers, which I was, because all the major artists had already taken part in Eurovision and perhaps didn't want to again. So I auditioned, I went on a bus in my school uniform from Derry in the north of Ireland down to Dublin. And I was chosen and given a song called Look Around. It was the most terrifying experience I ever had taking part in the National Song Contest. I was so terrified, I could hear my heart beating in my ears. And for the opening, we all stood in a line and sang a little bit of a previous Eurovision song. And my one was Poupe de Sierra. And, and I felt like I was in firing squad because the camera kept moving closer. And when it was beside me, I thought, I'm just going to run. I'm just going to run out that studio door. And all of a sudden, the singer who was next to me I saw he was like nervously rubbing the side of his leg 
And it just caught my attention. And all of a sudden I was singing. But after that national song contest, I decided I would definitely not be a singer because I would be a nervous wreck all my life. Mm -hmm. So about six months later, I retired. So it was a, a wonderful experience, but terrifying in 1969. And what made you to come back? Um... Well, I, I, I literally did retire. I had commitments up to the summer. I sang in the summer. I did nothing except study in the autumn and the winter because I was doing my final like high school exams before going to college. And I had a call from the producer of the National Song Contest, a man called Tom McGrath. And he said, I have a little song. I think it would suit you. Would you sing it in the 1970 National Song Contest? And I said, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm so close to doing my A-levels. I'll have to ask permission. We were literally just like a month and a half away from my practicals, my piano um, for music. And I asked the, the uh, school principal. She said, well, why don't you do it? The last, you know, a great experience. And my parents said, that's okay. You'll have to take your school books. So I, I did. I took a suitcase full of school books, which I never opened even once. I never looked at the whole time I was in Amsterdam, but that's how I ended up doing it. Nice. Yes, so the next question over to Mark. Yes, Dana, um, the 1970 contest that you actually won um, was a contest where a lot of big names uh, did participate. Mary Hopkins, she was at that time a huge star uh, with the song Those Were the Days. We had uh, Julio Iglesias and you just told us the Spanish delegation, they gave these stickers vote for Spain. But at the end, you were the winner. You did beat all the big favorites. Do you have an explanation why you could beat the big names? You know, um, I, I think, first of all, there was a real honesty about the song. It wasn't written for Eurovision. It was written by two amateur writers. They were compositors in the newspaper mm -hmm. in, in that they put together the print for a newspaper. And they knew each other, they liked music. They were amateurs. I was an amateur singer. And at, at that time I was principally a folk singer. So when I heard the song, I remember thinking it was like a simple folk song. And and so I I thought, where would I, if I was singing this song, what, where would I be? I thought, well, I'd probably be sitting on a, on a gate of a field and I'd be looking around me in the countryside. I'd be seeing snowdrops and daffodils and butterflies and bees. <laughs> so that's why I sat down, because I felt that would interpret the song for me. And I think it was just a very honest um, song and a very honest presentation and simple, very simple. I also wanted to represent my country, not just in name, but in what I wore. So it happened that um, the style 
1970 was an A-line shift dress. That's what I wore, slightly mm -hmm. A-shaped slip, slip dress. But it was made in Banyan wool, which is a very traditional Irish uh, fabric, Banyan. And it was embroidered like all the Irish dancing costumes of that time. It was actually embroidered by nuns in a convent in the west of Ireland, where I now live. It was all symbolism of Ireland. So I just think it was totally different to anything else that people were seeing or hearing. Um, and of course, it was simple words so that people who didn't speak English could still pick up the words. And I believe it was used afterwards in schools in different European countries to teach children the English words. Wow. Wow, that's really, really beautiful. So after your victory, um, did Mary Hopkin and uh, Julio Iglesias come to you and congratulate you? Or how? what did happen after your victory? Did you celebrate a party together or just with the Irish delegation? Yeah, well, we were all together in a room at the back of the, the stage in the theatre. Just one room with a big, long table and one television on the wall. There was no green room like you have today. <laughs> and as each one left to sing, we would all applaud. And as they came back, we would all applaud. So there was great camaraderie. Whatever mm -hmm. was going on in people's heads, I can tell you there was great camaraderie. So I was the last to sing. When I got back, they, they were all very complimentary. And then when the voting started, we saw just a little bit of voting. I wasn't watching the voting. I was looking at the faces of all these amazing people around me. And I was determined to keep every detail in my memory. So then suddenly we all had to move to the side of the stage and we all stood around one more television set. And again, I was beside Mary Hopkins and she had her arm around me. And that was unbelievable because I was a huge fan of Mary Hopkin. I loved her. And there she was right beside me. So I wasn't watching the voting. And when the stage manager, before the last vote came in, I didn't realize that I couldn't be beaten. And the stage manager grabbed me by the wrist and started to pull me to the stage. And I was pulling against him with all my weight, saying, I, I haven't won, I haven't won. And Mary whispered, you have, go with him. So then afterwards, there was a huge party, a big meal, everybody in the one room. And they just kept coming up and saying congratulations. And yeah, there was a, a lovely warmth, a lovely, a lovely feeling of the whole day. Uh This sounds like an unforgettable uh, night, Dana. Thank you, you know, very Mark, much. It, yeah. it, it really, truly was. It was wonderful. Yeah. So I think, JP, it's time for music. Yes. I think so. Uh, Dana, when we were doing the... Before we went live on the air, uh, you, you, you said you've you got a story to tell us about a song that uh, I've uh, uh, lined up now. It's Something's Cooking in the Kitchen. 
Can you tell oh, us the right. story about that, if you, if you don't mind? <laughs> Do you want me to tell you? or? Yes, please. That, and then, uh, then we play the song afterwards. Okay, I recorded this album. It was the first recordings I did after I had major surgery on my vocal cords. I had a threatened cancer growth on my mm. vocal cords, which, thank God, was not cancer. But it took me uh, a long, long time to get back to normal singing. Mm. So in the studio, Barry Blue was the producer. And Rod Temperton of Heatwave, who went on to be called Mr. Hitmaker, <laughs> he wrote Killer for Michael Jackson and a number of other tracks, maybe wow. mine, on, on his album and, and for many other artists. He was a very good friend of us both because we were part of a very small company called GTO Records. Mm -hmm. So we were having difficulty figuring out the harmonies. So Rod came in and he said, how's it going? And Barry said, well, if you've any ideas for harmonies on this track, uh, will you come back, let us know? Well, we didn't see him for about three or four weeks. Just finished the track and moved on to another one. And about three, four weeks later, he walked in. He took a cigarette packet out of his pocket, which he had opened out, and he'd written all these parts. I can tell you, very difficult parts. And he said, well, I was thinking about this. And we got the track out right away, and we put the vocals were really hard, and we put the vocals down. And Rod sadly died very recently. He was the kindest, most genuine person, humble, that you could ever meet. So every time I hear it, I think of Rod Temperton. Mm -hmm. You want to think of him again? I do. <laughs> Let's go and have the song. <laughs> it's called Something's Cooking in the Kitchen, taking us back to 1979. It's Dana.
It's Dana and something's cooking in the kitchen from 1979. What a story you told us about that, Dana. Thank you very much for sharing this with us. Oh, I'm glad to. Dana is with us, the winner of the Eurovision Song Contest 1970. Uh, seven victories for Ireland, that's amazing. And uh, But we need the eighth one. So hopefully this will be coming in, in the near future. Although I, th I thought this year there was a very good song from Brook. What did you yes, think of? Yes, I liked it. Mm -hmm. I, I liked the song, and I, I I thought she was fresh and full of fun. And you know, as I told her, all you can do is put your best foot forward, mm. and y you're a winner in being part of it. Exactly, exactly. That's what I've been telling many of the of the artists that that didn't qualify for the grand final. I said, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. You are part of the Eurovision family now. And this is the yes. this is a victory already. <laughs> this is it. Absolutely, JP. It, I agree. It's a festival. It's getting us together. That's how we have to see it, and and not not who's the winner at the end. It's 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 only the decision where Eurovision will be happening next year. Yes. Exactly. Yes. But let's go back to our question list. It's a difficult word. Questions list. <laughs> and there's uh, <laughs> Salman for you. <laughs> yes, so in 1970, the contest was quite political because there were five nations which didn't take part and withdrew. Um, what, what interests me was, as a little girl, were you all um, informed about what is happening or was it just your music you were focused on and just uh, seeing how you can do, could do the best? You know, I, I never thought about that at all, Sam. I had watched the previous year when there was a tie for five winners. And after that, I, I, I didn't think about it again, really. I, I suppose I thought at the time, well, it's unusual, but isn't it great that five countries are celebrating a win, you know? Mm -hmm. And it didn't worry me at all. So truthfully, I, I never really thought about it. Yeah. And nowadays, the Eurovision is becoming again quite political, as many people are saying, like with Ukraine winning this year. Do you think it's possible to separate uh, politics and music or do you think there will be always some kind of combination? I think there's always a certain uh, connection mm -hmm. or tension, whichever way you want to think about it. Because, you know, people have hearts, <laughs> you know, the country that's beside them or they feel aligned to they're obviously going to be um, more open to supporting them for whatever reason. I thought that this year was actually a really good reason. I, I think that on a musical level, um, the UK entry was certainly the winning musical entry. Mm -hmm. I actually love the UK entry, to be truthful. I, I love the pure ethnic sound of it and the emotion in it. I loved it. But the juries didn't make it its first choice. The people did. And so I think that preserved the integrity of Eurovision. It is a song contest. And the juries voted on the songs. But the people voted with their hearts. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us would in any way take away that support from Ukraine. Exactly. Yes. And uh, if the war wouldn't have been on, I think UK would have won the Eurovision this year. 
Yes, I, I, th I would agree with that. But I, I absolutely agree with that. But as I say, I think what happened was mm -hmm. a family coming together and saying, okay, maybe musically would have preferred this, but we're giving you our hearts. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's how we see it also. Um, I think someone... All right, the next question is then, John. It is. Thank you. Yeah, um, it take, takes a bit of time for me to get used to people saying such nice things about UK entries because we've not had that for a while. <laughs> but um, uh, en enough about us. Um, Eurovision has changed a lot since 1970, of course. Um, Dana, um, what things do you think changed for the better and what do you think should have stayed uh, stayed the same as it was? Of course, it's very hard to make anything stay the same over such a period of time. I think what changed for the better was ensuring that there was a jury vote and a public vote. I was not at all happy when you didn't have that balance of the jury and the public vote. Um, so I was very glad. I was, of course, sad when... It went from a intimacy of a theatre to the vastness of a stadium. But again, I think because we've got so many countries, I mean, there was like 11 of us around a table in a room. I don't know how big a theatre you'd have to have to have like 40-something or nearly 50 countries. How could you do it? Um, so it had to happen. But actually, I quite like this year, the the way the stage with the waterfall from it, mm -hmm. it made it mm -hmm. a stage. And so they could come in close like a theater. And you had the feeling it was a theater when actual fact it was like a, a theater within a massive stadium. But mm -hmm. I like that very much. I, I have to agree there. And uh, also, uh, speaking again, again about Ireland, um, what do you think um, should be done to, to improve Ireland's fortunes in Eurovision? You see, it's happened with us here in the UK. We've had the kind of the tap um, record label finding singers with some popularity and increasing it. What do you think should be done to, to get that eighth victory, if you think? Mm. Well, I do think that, that um, you have to encourage and and, and ask good songwriters alongside searching for authentic, inspired songs from people who are not known. Mm -hmm. Because you cannot just go to established writers and exclude perhaps a gem. I mean, the British entry, the UK entry, he's not a known established writer or artist. But they were able to pick this duo from obscurity, really. Well, I know he was well known, uh, you know, on, on the internet. But mm -hmm. it's it's keeping that balance between having established writers and having that doorway for the unknown writer and the unknown artist to step through. I completely agree, and we um and we, when we talked about you meeting Brooke, of course, Ireland's entry this year, um. Do you think there's anything that maybe she should have done differently and maybe would have um, caused, uh, you know, enabled her to qualify? Or do you think she did all she could, really, in, in No, I think she put her best foot forward. 
Um, she uh, did a different costume to the one she wore in the National Song Contest, which I think was a good improvement. Mm-hmm. Her own um, joy de vivre, she was full of joy mm. and oh, life and happiness. That you cannot buy and no one can design for you. I mean, that came from her heart. And and that was so engaging. So, no, she put her best foot forward and I... I, I rang her after that to tell her not to be at all downhearted, that we were so proud of her. And it was just onward and upward. Oh, we had to, we, we actually had her on the show before she um, before she went to Eurovision and bless her, she didn't know it was live. So we had to tell her if, if Salmon and Mark remember. <laughs> and she, and JP remembers too. And she's like, wait, hold on, is this live? We're like, yeah. And she's like, oh, goodness. <laughs> she was just completely in shock. But it was wonderful. JP will agree with us. It was, yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was uh, literally the, the, the week before she went on to into the national final. So we reached out right. for actually uh, John has 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 had a good hand so he he picked the winner already at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. that's good. Nice. Yeah. Let's let's hope for next year is always another another show to come and the main thing is that the artists don't get get sad and and uh, okay it's not nice not to not to win but as as we said before you're part of the show you're part of the Eurovision family now. Everybody knows book now. Mm-hmm. And yes. That's, And exactly. that's which. <laughs> uh, John, you had another question? I didn't, but I believe we have one from the chat room, JP, if you have a look. Yeah, there is one coming from Javier Leal in Montreal in Canada. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, have you been told you've got this touch of Olivia Newton-John? <laughs> oh, well, first of all, hello to you in Montreal in Canada. Um, yes, I. in fact, I think... On the second release I had, which was I Will Follow You, there was a a commentary on it that I sounded like Olivia. Well, of course, it was Olivia who sang the demo disc. Now, I'm not, I don't know if I was copying Olivia or perhaps we had the same kind of high range. Mm. Um, She also has a kind of a high range in her voice. I love Olivia's voice, so I take that as a big compliment. Thank you. Nice. Mark, you have got the next question coming. <clears throat> yes. Um, uh, you had uh, this, this image, Dana, that you, are, that you are the sweetest teenager on television for a really long time. Was this an honor for you or did it also put pressure on you? Because we all get, get older at some time. How, how do you feel about this image you had? You know, I, I always tried, Mark, to be myself inside and outside. And I think um, in some ways it was a disadvantage with the um, reviewers or certain musical outlets because, you know, they you were like too good to be true or you were too sweet and you had to you know have a a different side there's nothing i could do about it i i was just trying mm-hmm. to be me and and nobody's sweet all the time you know but i would never mm-hmm. be insulting to people i would never deliberately hurt anyone mm-hmm. ever but i was just trying to be myself but with the people the ordinary hunters as we call them 
you know, they they know. They know when they look at you. They know on television. I remember being told it's the closest people will ever come to you because they can look right in your eyes. And and we're all the same. We look at someone on television. We can be as close to them as we would ever be to anybody in real life. Mm-hmm. And you know when someone is when you can read their eyes. And uh, that can be quite disturbing sometimes. Um, so I listen, I just tried to be myself, whether it was an advantage or a disadvantage, I couldn't do anything about mm-hmm. it. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Shall we have a, a song now? I, want, I would like to surprise you. I want to take you back to 1967. Mm-hmm. And we, we should be listening, we, we want to listen definitely to your very first single you wrote yourself. Oh. I, I'm not sure if, if, you, if you wrote it or if, it's, if it was that, that it was your first single as, as performer. It's called okay. 16. Okay. That was your first single. Going for the saxophone solo. Uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's have a listen and then we talk about it afterwards, okay? okay. Let's have a look. It's 19 ooh, here we go. 1967. If you're too old for toys and you're too young for boys, you're just an in between. Well now, don't you mind? You can leave that behind, for you soon be sweet 16. You can buy your Taking us back to 1967, it's our guest Dana, 16. That was her first single back in 1967. And the B-side, actually the B-side of, of 16, was your very first own composition called Little Girl Blue. 
That's you're... right. Wow. That's uh, right. Also, I have this one lined up. We can listen to that after the story about uh, how how come up. How did you come up to write songs? Your first song, in fact. What was the animation behind writing it? Well, I was from a very musical family and we were always encouraged. Um, I played piano and I learned violin and I played guitar and I wrote poetry and, and I began writing little songs. But I actually got a recording contract because I won a talent competition uh, singing folk folk music, mm -hmm. American folk, and Irish folk. But I remember recording that song very clearly. At that time, you had the whole orchestra in the studio with you. So they were all in front of me, and I was behind screens. I was singing, mm -hmm. and it was so bouncy. I was bouncing around singing. Just like By me. By the time I finished about three tracks, I was dying of exhaustion. Oh. I couldn't breathe. I was so tired. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big lesson to me. Do not bounce around when you're recording. <laughs> But I think that saxophone solo is amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's nice. So, and uh, the, 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 okay, let's let's first continue with with another question, and we play uh, the, uh, the your first composition, uh, "Little Blue Girl," a, a little bit later on. Let's first uh, give the word back to. I think it's is it Mark, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's, it's, uh, it's you. It's, it's you. Me. It's number me. 19. I yes. haven't asked many questions yet. So <laughs> 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 Now, as a Eurovision winner yourself, what is your favorite Eurovision song of all time? Besides, of course, your own your own uh, winning song. Do you have I have a lot of them that are favorites, and immediately popping into my mind, um, "Nono Netana," which was sung by Giulio Leginguetti, mm. because that was the first Eurovision I remember watching. And I was sitting on my own in the kitchen with a little black and white television. And this girl walked on with a ponytail and I had a ponytail. And she looked about my age and I I just fell in love with her and I was watching her. And I thought, oh, she's just like me. <laughs> exactly. Little did I think that I would be standing in her place a few years later. Mm. <laughs> so it's always special to me, Julio listening to these songs. Wow. And I loved... Um, oh gosh, so many I love. I love the Portuguese song that, that won just a few years ago. Beautiful, beautiful, mm. beautiful song and a wonderful performer. And then I, I love um, Kisses for Me, Say for You, Kisses for Me, because they're very good friends of mm. mine, Brotherhood of Man. And I love them, and it's such fun mm. because I love Abba. And I just, and there's so many that I love. Um, I could give you a huge list. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you know what we did was in, in the corona lockdown times, uh, we had a, a Eurovision show on the weekends called the, the Eurovision Lockdown. And we have asked artists as well as fans to come on one hour to present their top ten. On our, on our show and and uh, we, we did have Nikki French, Linda Martin, Glenn Weller from Malta, Elda from Azerbaijan. We, we did have a, a, a big number of artists and uh, Nikki French. She was saying, 10 that's 
I, I, I can't put them down to 10. I've got like 25. I have to come back for a second time. And then she did. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So many, so many. Wow. Um, that's nice. So, yeah. And uh, before you mention also something, I, th I think in this documentary that I was mentioning last, last year, uh, I think it was an RTE A documentary about you going back to the scene of crime to Amsterdam when you won yes. Eurovision there and uh, uh, it's not on YouTube I couldn't find it there it actually uh, I, I've, I got it from RTE that's why how I watched it but if people are interested I, I can uh, link up the people with uh, in, in watching it because it's well worth uh, seeing you uh, you, you in this documentary and, and I really uh, uh, was feeling the emotions that you actually were feeling when you go, went back into the arena into the hall um, but yes thank you it, it may also be available on bbc iplayer it was a joint bbc mm. and rte production yes and i, I th i've got it from somewhere i i am pretty sure that that it's in my collection and and i'm happy to share it with people that that uh, want to watch it but in there also it showed your family actually you, you lived in the states for some time Yes. And, you know, I was thinking when you were asking about favorite Eurovision songs, we were there for eight, almost nine years. And during that period, of course, I didn't see Eurovision. I didn't follow what was in the charts in in the UK or in Europe. Um, and it's almost like a, a little dead area of my musical memory. Uh, so, yes, we were there. But I grew to love country music. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, now it's time for John to come back. It is indeed. Thank you, JP. Um, okay, so we talked a bit about your musical family, um, Dana. You've been involved in music for a long time. Um, who were your Who were your idols growing up? You've already mentioned Mary Hopkin, but uh, who else did you really look up to when you started your music career? When I When I started, I loved the Shadows. I absolutely love The Shadows. And because I love The Shadows, I then got to love Cliff Richard. Mm -hmm. Then I love uh, their work together. Um, and I, I remember after I won Eurovision, I went to sing in a, in a dinner club in Mallorca with mm -hmm. my father. My father and I were there. And it was um, to get into the hotel or to get out of the hotel, you had to walk around the pool and out a doorway, out a gate to get the taxi to the... And there were men sitting around the pool and they all said, hi. So I said, hi. And when we got in the taxi, my father said, do you know who that was? I said, no. I said, that was the shadows. Well, I, <laughs> I almost died. Thought, oh my God, I didn't even recognize them. So I, I met them on the way back <laughs> the next day. Uh, so that was my my first meeting with the shadows. Yeah, and no, I love them. I, I love their work. Um, so I, I had a very mixed um, bag of music. I love classical music, and and I've always loved um, Brazilian music. Mm -hmm. So I liked Antonius Carlos Jobim. I I loved Bruba, um The Brubeck um, pieces of pieces of oh, I, I, sorry, my head's gone blank. No But I, I I loved a whole mixture of music, mm. so I, I wasn't entirely um, singularly in the in the folk world. I I loved American folk music as mm -hmm. well. Wow, there you mm -hmm. go. 
Okay, and you won your first uh, talent contest on at age six. Do you remember what song you sang to win it? <laughs> I, I sang Farewell Angelina, which was, um, I'm not sure, was it, my names are leaving my head. I'm not sure, was it written by Bob Dylan, but it was certainly recorded by a wonderful American folk artist, Joan Baez, mm -hmm. with a voice like Crystal. And I used to sing a lot of her songs, and that was one of her songs. And um, I thought, what was that, Blowing in the Wind? Mm -hmm. I sang mm -hmm. those two songs. Wow. Wow. Okay, I'm going to pass this one back to Salman. Mm -hmm. Yes, and after this, then you already got your first um, record with Decca Records. So you just mentioned in the interview that um, there was a time where you wanted to retire. Did you still have any obligations with them or how did they feel about when you were saying that um, I want to focus on my 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 uh, work and on my studies? Well, you you I think you might be interested in this Salman because my contract with Decca ran out just before Eurovision. Ah, well. And I had recorded all kinds of everything and all my recordings prior to Eurovision were with a tiny little company called Rex Records, which was the distributing company to DECA in Ireland. But there was a wonderful man who was the head of Rex Records called Michael Gagan. And he felt there was no opening for Irish talent. And they could never get even an interview in, in London. So he gave them a platform to record with Rex Records. And I always remember the first time I met him after I won the talent competition and I had the right to record 16 and Blue. And he said, you know, I'd like you to record some more for Rex Records, but you have to believe that the next record you release is going to be number one. And I thought, what a nice man, but he is totally crazy because <laughs> I would never have a number one. And a few records later, I recorded all kinds of everything. And Decca in London didn't have the masters. They didn't even have the masters because they assumed we wouldn't win. So it was the first time that a little distributing company outsold the mother company. <laughs> because Rex Records had to press and release all kinds of everything. So, yay for the little underdogs. Brilliant. What a story. What a story. Wow. Yeah. You also mentioned in the, in the conversation before the interview that um, you had also some expi um, exciting experience in Japan. Mm -hmm. oh, I can, you, can you tell us something about this? Well, I'm not sure if exciting is the, quite the right word, Salman. <laughs> it was the easiest other language that I ever recorded in because it's all vowels. Mm -hmm. If we said R, E, I, O, U, it would mean something in Japanese. <laughs> it was so simple. Oh, but my goodness, it was impossible to remember. So the first television I did in Japan, the music started and I thought... I, d I don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't remember one word. So I stuck the microphone right in front of my mouth, 
and I just moved my head because I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> but I had a wonderful time in Japan. I got off the airplane and uh, <laughs> and there was a whole crowd of teenagers with little stickers and flags and, and my name. And I thought, gosh, how do they know I was on this plane? <laughs> and everywhere we went, there were people asking for autographs. Oh. And oh, a wonderful team looking after me. Wonderful team. And we went on the bullet train, which was eight hours mm. to uh, Kyoto, um, where it was the wedding season. And oh, and they taught me a wonderful card game called Crazy Eights. Mm -hmm. And we played it all the way to Kyoto and all the way back. <laughs> So, oh. Shall we have a little listen to, to a, a piece of you in Japanese? This is fantastic. It's Dana singing It's going to be a cold, cold Christmas in Japanese. Uh, I wouldn't even be, be able to say it in Japanese. You know? <laughs> oh, you wow. could, but you wouldn't be able to remember it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we only have five more minutes left. And, and uh, um, But uh, there's, there's, uh, I have a quick question regarding your, your future plans. And, and I know that you also have done a book or a few books. I'm not sure if it's one or... Because um, I remember yes, I, that I have a, a recent autobiography called All Kinds of Everything, and um, and we, as I, I think I might have shared with you last time, we're we've just set up um, a website, danaofficial.com, and so we're trying to um, bring on to that. We have the collection which has all the songs that were hits for me and other ones I wish. I'd recorded mm -hmm. and we're going to bring in there my time and I did an album of songs from the 50s which I absolutely loved uh, so we'll be bringing that there so we're just building that so I, I, I hope that perhaps people might take a little look and, and might like it well definitely it's Dana official.com so it's all done official one word.com and that's how you can find it find uh, the, the the information there how Websites. to exactly uh, I think we have maybe one more one more question from from Mark yeah uh, I have one spontaneous last uh, question <laughs> because uh, tonight is uh, our qualification games in in uh, soccer for the World Cup. And Dana, I found out you have also a combination about soccer and the glory times of the Northern Irish soccer team. It was in 1982 where you mm -hmm. did sing the official World Cup song with the Northern Irish team. How did this come up? Can you tell well, us? My two brothers and I, we wrote the theme song and they had a little, a little um, emblem called your man which is a, a frequent saying oh how's your man and, and he was had a little flat cap and a little cigarette under the side of his mouth and so we wrote the song when your man gets the ball northern ireland has it all oh we'll have some fun and when your man gets the ball and it was like a real anyway 
they actually did very well and they beat Spain <laughs> and oh my goodness I was carried shoulder high I was doing a theater <laughs> show at the time and the whole audience with 3000 people in the audience and they all stood up and cheered and they weren't Irish so it was really lovely the night they won <laughs> wow Dana, we have unfortunately to, to make way for the top of the hour news break coming on, but it's been a, a real honor to have you on the show and uh, thank you for the two hours you gave us actually last week for people wanting to listen back. Go to our web website at www.radiointernational.tv and then you can listen back to the show from last week and the interview with Dana as well as this week's show as well. So <laughs> thanks for, for taking the time to come on and it's been a real, as I said, honor for us to have you on the show. It's been such a pleasure. So where are we all going to meet next week then? Well, if, if you want, you can come back next week. We do the top 10 of, of, your, of your choice if you want to do that. Oh, I would not impose upon you, but truly call me anytime. I've just loved this so much. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Well, wait, wait, I'm, I'm, And hopefully we will see you one day again at some event because there are a lot of Eurovision fan events going on. So it would be great to have you there and then you meet all of us and I'm sure also a lot of other fans who would like to see you. Well, I'd love that. I've, I've, I've actually never been to a mm. Eurovision fan event. So if you're there, mm. I'll go. We'll be there, definitely. We we'll go there where Eurovision yeah. takes us. <laughs> well, Mark, Salman and John, thank you very much as well for, for coming on and uh, we'll see you at uh, one of the next interviews. And Dana, all the best to you and your family. Thank you. Much love. Mwah. Bye-bye. Bye. International, the post Eurovision depression cure with Dr. JP. You are listening to the ultimate Eurovision experience. Radio International with JP. Hello. Let's go. Hi, my name is Chanel. I'm from Spain. This is my song, Lomo. Emma Muscat from Malta and this is my song I am what I am Jacobs from Sweden and this is my song Hold Me Closer You're listening to Radio International with JP JP 2021. Hello guys, this is Elena Tagrinu from Cyprus. You are listening to Radio International with JP and this is my song El Diablo. Enjoy! Cyprus! I gave it up, I gave it up. 
And you're listening to Radio International with JP. Gosh, where's the time gone? Half time already on this week's edition of Radio International, the ultimate Eurovision experience. What a lovely lady Dana is. Our guest in the last hour, the winner of the Eurovision Song Contest 1970, All Kinds of Everything, the winning song. And she had a string of hits. In the charts as well, like Cold, Cold Christmas Without You in 1976. Hope with the lights out in 1971. And there was Fairy Tale as well and many, many others. I just put some of the songs in the playlist for our Golden Years, JP's Golden Years, which airs on various stations. I'm going to play you a little promo for it. Of course, you can find out where you can pick up uh, JP's Golden Years 
on which station besides on our website as well on www.radiointernational.tv but what have we got left in this hour we got Dermot Manning joining us again from Ireland <laughs> we're linking up with Ireland again with Dublin Dermot will be telling us how he experienced Eurovision 2022 he was in Turin as well as we're going to have our first newscast from Nick van Liet from the Netherlands, courtesy of ESCXL.com, is giving us a news roundup from the Eurovision world. In our fourth hour, the final hour, next hour this is, David Mann with a very special Eurovision cover spot to come. You like that one. As well as we got some interviews to come. With uh, the French entry, Alvan E. Ahez. Lumix and Pia Maria from Austria. Malta's Emma Muscat. And if we can squeeze her in, Chanel, who smells nice, from Spain. Oh, that's coming your way. Uh, we kicked off this uh, hour with El Diablo by Elena Zagrino. Number 16 at the Eurovision Song Contest 2021 for Cyprus. Her new song is a tongue twister. <laughs> Let's go and uh, try to pronounce it. It's Mykonos Kai Santorini. It was easier than I thought. It looked diff difficult to say, but it's Mykonos Kai Santorini. Santorini is a little island just north of Crete. Let's go and have a listen to this. And it's all here on... Here we go. Radio International, the post-Eurovision depression cure with Dr. JP. New. 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 And I'm calling up the nurse, the nurse from news, ESCXO.com.
That's the new song by Elena Zagrino from Cyprus. Mykonos, Kai Santorini. Uh, it's the two islands of Greece, of Greece where everybody wants to be because it's nice, beautiful places to be there. Uh, that one was released just this week and a big thanks to our hit hunter who has been pushing my ears onto this and now I'm going to be, be, I just pushed your ears onto that as well. So fantastic. Time for the news now. We are crossing over not far away from where I'm sitting right now. I'm based in the Netherlands in the studio here uh, but we have our newsman Nick van Leith who's joining us for the first time as the main newsman and for that we give him this jingle and now on Radio International the ultimate Eurovision experience it's time for the very latest Eurovision news and with that We got Nick with us. Hello, Nick. Welcome back. And uh, it's the very first newscast you do, and it's courtesy of ERCExtra.com. Hi, Nick. Hi. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, it's so so weird to hear my name in that intro, but I'm, I'm very happy to be here and to be back after last week. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it to, to, to get warmed up for, for the regular weekly news delivery. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, last week was a fantastic experience. I had a little after chat with Nathan afterwards, and uh, um, I, I, I've prepared news for today to bring you everything you want to know. We're, we're dying to find out, so let us know what's happening in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. Right, then let's kick off. And we have a lot of people with opinions on the Eurovision Song Contest this week, and we start off with Abbas Benny Andersson. Um, he has given an interview to the UK newspaper Metro, and in the interview he was asked about the Eurovision Song Contest nowadays, and he answered by saying, I try not to watch, it's too much, it's too many countries, everyone sings in English, it's no fun anymore. Now, interestingly, Benny Anderson and ABBA entered the Eurovision Song Contest when English was also an option for all countries. Sweden themselves actually sang in English, as did Finland, Norway and the Netherlands, aside from the United Kingdom and Ireland. The national language rule was abolished for the 1974, 75 and 76 contests. It then returned and only ended for the Eurovision Song Contest 1999. Since then, Sweden have not sent an entry in Sweden. Interestingly, Benny Andersson does still watch Melody Festival and, and enjoys the show. Um, 
And he also watched Eurovision this year, and he spoke to a UK newspaper and said that his favourite this year was Sam Ryder from the United Kingdom, stating that the UK would have won if Ukraine hadn't been at war. Um, now, ABBA has been in the news more this week, as the interview took place just before ABBA's live London residency premiered. Um, they announced the show last year, and it will take place at the ABBA Arena in the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in the uh, English capital of London. The four ABBA members won't actually be taking to the stage themselves, but four digitally, digitally created avatars will be on stage to perform all of ABBA's hits. Now, Benny Anderson wasn't the only one who had something to say about the Eurovision Song Contest to UK newspaper Metro. The same... Um, went for Simon Webb and Duncan James of Blue. Um, they uh, have a new tour coming up, and they said that in an interview with Metro, Simon Webb and Duncan James spoke about their experiences at the Eurovision Song Contest in Düsseldorf, where Simon Webb commented by saying that the group didn't do Eurovision to win it, but to come back into the minds of their fans. He said Eurovision wasn't even about winning for us, it was about representing our country, a movement, and also it catapulted us into the minds of our fan bases all around the world through one performance. Which all sounds good, but fellow band member Duncan James added that they were very proud of their result in Dusseldorf uh, and applauds the change in attitude towards the UK and Eurovision after Sam Ryder finished second in Turin. The talk of how everything is political and no one liking the UK seems to have vanished. He said, the position that we came in, we were very proud and it was the best the UK had done in 10 or 11 years. Now, interestingly, it seems that he managed to forget that Jade Ewan existed because just two years prior to Blue, Jade brought a fifth place to the United Kingdom. Um, so Simon Webb added a bit more fuel by saying, isn't it funny that we had Brexit and now we're not a part of the EU? Everyone's like, yeah, now we like you because you're not with us anymore. So um, lots of people with opinions on the Eurovision Song Contest from Sweden and the United Kingdom. Um, but we're also looking ahead to the Eurovision Song Contest next year. Um, Andorra haven't been with us since 2010. The last participation was in 2009. It's been 13 years now, but Andorra have no intention of returning to the Eurovision Song Contest. The content manager of RTVA, Dani Ortola, has confirmed their plans by saying, despite being part of the EBU, we do not plan to participate in the Eurovision Song Contest in the short or medium term. So an Andorran return seems to be off for now, even though Susanna Giorgi has been trying her hardest to get them back to the contest. Another country that we won't be seeing in the contest next year is Russia. Um, Russian broadcasters have now been formally suspended by the European Broadcasting Union. Um, they have sent a confirmation of their decision to every Russian broadcasting member um, saying, on behalf of the Executive Committee, I would like to inform you of the decision taken by the Council on three Russian members of the EBU, RTR, Channel 1 and Radio Dom Ostankino at its meeting yesterday, based on the measures taken by the Executive Council at its last meeting on April 7th, when it launched the suspension procedure, the Council unanimously decided to immediately suspend the three Russian members of the EBU indefinitely. Um, that means that the EBU have banned Russia indefinitely, which means that a return to the contest is unlikely in the near future. They therefore join Belarusian television and radio company BTRC, who was suspended last year already. Um, 
What we do know is that the Eurovision trophy is no longer in the hands of Kalush Orchestra. Um, they announced their plans to auction off the Eurovision trophy uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the glass microphone has now raised a total sum of $900,000. Um, they did an auction together with um, Sergei Pritula, um, a Ukrainian entrepreneur, and the eventual winning bid came from a company called Whitebit. They are a company specialized in the trade of cryptocurrency, and their goal is to expand the cryptocurrency community and create a safe way for blockchain trading. Um, and the $900,000 will be spent on buying drones for the Ukrainian armed forces. So that is the Ukrainian trophy. Um, and we have someone else saying something about the past Eurovision Song Contest, and that is Brooke Scullion from Ireland. Um, she says she's hungrier for success after failing to qualify for the grand final. And she says, I thought I did deserve to go through. She thinks she did enough. Um, granted, I had a 15-minute breakdown after it, but it was a 15-minute thing. And then after that, there were people who didn't go through. They kept themselves to themselves. They were very disappointed and got really sad about the whole thing. Everyone is beside each other, so it's just like kind of intense and weird experience. No one really knows what to do. A little exclusive look behind the scenes there from Brooke, which is an interesting read on our website, ecxro.com, if you want to have a look. Um, looking again ahead to next year, uh, the city of Kiev have said that they are ready to host Eurovision um, as the EBU are now assessing all hosting options for next year. Um, the announcement that Kiev makes is they are the first city to announce that they would be prepared to host the contest. Uh, uh, UAPBC's Mikolaj Cherotitsky has revealed last week that the discussions have begun and they have said now that the first deputy head of the Kiev City State Administration, Mikola Povoroshnik, has said that the EBU um, will receive a bid from Kiev if everything goes to plan. Um, so Kiev has thrown its hat in the ring for the hosting next year, which is good to know. Um, also new in the Eurovision world is the Eurovision Award, hosted by Songfestival Bay. They are a Belgian Eurovision website who hosted the Barbara Dex Award for a couple of years. Uh, but the Barbara Dex Award has now been scrapped as it was too negative and the Eurovision Award has replaced it. Australia's Sheldon Riley has won the inaugural Eurovision Award for his participation um, for his stunning look in Turin. So take a look at his outfit. Um, Cyprus. We have come to know Cyprus as the country that selects Greek pop princesses internally. Um, you just played Elena Tsagrinou's uh, wonderful new single. But Cyprus are going back to a national final next year if OGAE Greece are to be believed. Because altogether now, a famous uh, talent show format all over Europe is reportedly going to be used as their Eurovision 2023 selection. Uh, procedure with the hundred panel of a hundred members being filled with Eurovision fans, Eurovision artists, and music executives. The show will then be called Koklonis Decides, named after their uh, famous TV host Nikos Koklonis, who will be hosting the show. It would be Cyprus's first time in the national final since 2015. Then some really small, quick bits. Armenia's Rosa Lin, uh, she represents Armenia in Turin, has covered Saudade Saudade by Maru. It's on her Twitter account, so make sure you check that one out. 
Um, there was also another concert of Save Ukraine, Stop War, featuring Eurovision stars um, such as Tina Karol was in there, Kalush Orchestra was there, Melvin was there. Um, so lots of things to check out. And an interesting little bit of news is that the Swiss 2016 participant Reika um, is now on their way to Mars. Uh, you may know them from coming last in the 2016 semi with last, uh, The Last of Our Kind. But Swiss singer Raika has a new title to add to their resume, nam- namely Astronaut. It was announced back in January 2021 that Raika has been training for four years to be part of a special mission by a company called Olympus Mons. And they decided to train a group of four artists to go to Mars and colonize it. Apparently, that Mars trip is now happening. We don't know exactly what is going on there. But Raika has shared the news on their social media. So, worth keeping an eye on what Raika is doing. Finally, some new music releases from Anna Visi. She has released a new single at the age of 64 called Aima, which is called Blood in Greek. Um, new releases also from Brooke Hurricane, Subwoofer, Lorraine, Monstermelov. So go, go check that one out. Uh, and then the final bit I want to mention, JP, is an editorial that we have on our website uh, by Costa. It's time to abolish the jury vote for the Eurovision semi-finals. It has sparked some debate on social media. Uh, but in the article, Costa explains why he thinks the Eurovision semi-finals should take place without juries and they should only be used for the grand final. That is all the news I have for this week. Okay, okay. thank you very much. Yeah. Wow, he did wow. really well. Yeah. Our studio audience agrees to that. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Nick. For, for uh, I, I'm, I'm still wanting to say Nathan, but no, it's Nick now. It's Nick, Nick, Nick. I have to put it into my yeah. brain. <laughs> we, we do the same thing, start with the same kind of letter, represent the same website. So it's understandable. Exactly. We even look alike. So, I mean, yeah. no worries at all. It could be brothers, actually. As I said that last week when I saw you both on, on the chat. Really well done. Thank you so much for coming on, taking the time to, to give us the news roundup and the very interesting stuff in there. Uh, about about the, the juries, for the semi-finals I think there will yep. always have to be a jury because in case the televoting won't work there has to yes. be a jury and then they have to take uh, take the jury's vote rather than the televote uh, on that so I think that yes, so not basically what you would go back to is the 2009 system where in the semi-finals only the televoters voted except for when you needed the backup jury for countries like San Marino mm. um, and then in the final you would have a 50-50 split that is the idea that Costa is proposing indeed okay well well I can su- suggest it up to, to the EBU maybe they're up, up for some uh, uh, changes there also I, I think looking at, at the voting itself you know the do's point, the 12 points were, yeah. were started in 1975 or 76 in, in this in this time frame and uh, at that time we I think 17 countries now we got 25 26 countries in the final and there's a lot of countries that don't get any points now these days so I think yeah that, that is true I mean even with the new system we sort of expected it to never happen again that we would have a double zero but James Newman proved us wrong last year it is very much possible mm. to get a double zero yes and also, also I think then what they what they should do is change the dozer part to maybe like fifteen points, maybe or or, or seventeen points. I don't know, but there could be uh, uh, some room for thought there. There would be room for thought because if you look at how many times Germany, for example, finished eleventh in the televoting this year, mm. um, it's kind of sad to see them at the bottom of the scoreboard when there were quite a few countries who yeah. quite liked them. 
Wow. Nick, thank you very much. So if anybody wants to read on the news again to refresh their, their mind, you can go to www.ercextra.com. Absolutely. Thank you so much. See you next week, Nathan. And hear see. you next week, actually. So, well, we can see each other on Skype, but the listeners can only, only hear. So all the best and have a fantastic weekend. You too. Thank you so much. Okay. Going to play now a request. And before we're heading over back to Ireland with Dermot and uh, uh, the Eurovision Spotlight, let's go and listen to a song requested by uh, uh, Javier in Montreal, Canada. And he says, this was my personal favorite song for Turin, but I'm glad Lights Off by We Are Domi got chosen at the end. And he'd like to listen to the Valentines, Stay or Go By. And that's the national final uh, song number seven in the Czech Republic's national final and uh, here it comes take care have a fantastic time my friend bye bye this is radio international the ultimate eurovision experience Baby
So there you go. That's the Valentines from the Czech Republic's national final for Eurovision 2022. It made number seven. We know uh, that what we saw at Eurovision was Via Domi and uh, uh, Lights Off. And actually two of the guys were from Norway. The, 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 the male guys were from Norway and the, the Czech singer was the female part of, of the group. And that was a special request for Javier Leal in Montreal in Canada. Without further ado, let's move over uh, right after this to Dublin and Dermot Manning. the Eurovision Depression as your favorite Eurovision radio shows are available at one place. Oh, no! Every week, not only Europe's top Eurovision radio show presenters produce a wide variety of great Eurovision radio shows for you to listen to, but even beyond, such as Australia and Canada, just to mention a few. Oh, joy! Should you miss the live broadcast of these favorite Eurovision radio shows, fear not, as the website of Radio International, www.radiotonational.tv keeps all these shows in the show archive for you to listen to whenever you want. Bookmark it now on your web browser or even better, subscribe to the podcast via www.radiointernational.tv and you will never have to miss your favorite Eurovision radio shows. Radio Every Sunday at 5pm, join Kieran Ari Tussier, that's, that's me, to celebrate the world's biggest and greatest singing competition, the Eurovision Song Contest. There'll be plenty of nostalgic, eclectic and damn right bizarre music, quirky facts and your requests too. You can find out all the details on our website, escshowcase.com, on 92.3 and 98.9 and online at forestfm.co.uk. The Eurovision Showcase on Forest. Forest FM. The Eurovision Spotlight on Radio International. This week, we have the big pleasure to welcome back to the airwaves the Irish voice in the team. It's Dermot Manning. Hello, Dermot. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, JP. When is that? Uh, buonasera. Uh, I see you have been doing some Italian lessons while uh, being in Turin. Oh, of course, of course. And, uh, you know, enjoying the city, enjoying the food, enjoying the, the, the drink, of course. And uh, yes, enjoying the city, enjoying the atmosphere of a very nice city, a very, very, very un-Italian city. I think. I mean, I've been in Italy many, many times. I've been to Verona, I've been to Bologna, I've been to Siena, I've been to Naples, Rome, Florence. And all those cities, you know, there's a, it's always a feel like you know you're in an Italian city. There's a look to them there's a sound there's a smell there's a taste you know there's a and Turin just felt like it was in some beautiful French city I mean it really really doesn't feel Italian at all <laughs> and it lacks that sort I felt it lacked that sort of the life the buzz that you get in, in, in Italian cities particularly at night I mean these beautiful big squares that we saw on television uh, during the opening of the contest and stuff there's nothing in them you know there wasn't even an ATM machine on most of them you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it very strange and there were certain pockets of the city that were basically like in the old town area but they were very small you know but the, when you'd be walking to these big big squares at night they'd be they're very pretty to look at but nothing in them you know mm. but um but it was lovely i mean my 22nd year at the eurovision it was it was very different 
Uh, I was only there. I, I know advanced accreditation. I mean, a lot of people uh, didn't get accreditation. Uh, I think JP, you're one of the very few, and you actually did have it. Mm. But it wasn't that I mean I didn't have it, but very few else had it as well. And, and usually, Eurovision, when you go there, you see vast crowds of people walking around with, with lanyards and, and and the accreditation cards. And you might know who they are, but because they have the lanyards around their neck, you know they're involved in the contest somehow. And you might wander over, and lo and behold, you find out this is a Swiss delegation or the Armenian delegation and before you know where you are your your arm is around the singer you're getting the photograph you know and uh, you, you've met and you've met the head of press and you've met the various people but there's none of that this year I don't walk I walked all over the city and never one I think the only time I met a delegation the nearest thing was uh, the group Sunstroke Project from Moldova we're having a coffee with friends of mine at one point and I just happened to run into them but it was and then when I talked to the delegations even afterwards most of them stayed in hotels or quite far out of the city you know so even they themselves weren't in the city very much so it was, it was just fun sure it was unusual it was different but um, fair play to the Italians I thought they staged the show very very well I thought the uh, the arena was excellent uh, interestingly JB you'd know this the easiest place to get a drink in the entire terrain was actually at the arena because everywhere else you had to go and queue up and buy a token for a drink and then you had to queue again to actually get your drink and another place we went to you had to actually queue to get a glass token as well so fortunately in the arena they actually brought the beer to you which is nice but um, but it was it was good fun and I thought the contest was was great and you know obviously our, our Ukraine was going to win it um, I mean I was I was so obvious you know from the from the get go but it's nice to see some countries doing well but it was a pity though some countries that didn't do as well as expected and unfortunately the first song we're going to listen to tonight is my own entry because actually, because most years, JP, I mean, I'm not one of these people that just automatically thinks Ireland's going to do well simply because we are the most successful country ever and we've won it seven times and so on and so on and so on. You know, I'm realistic enough to know that most years, if Ireland does even qualify for a final, we usually scrape in, you know, in eighth or ninth or tenth place. But this year, I thought Brooke Scullion had his chance. And I thought, uh, in fairness to RTE, they had learned some of the lessons from the past and they really put some effort into the staging of this I thought it looked good it looked modern I thought the the dancing was excellent it was very slick and so I mean one of the big surprises I got uh, was when the when we got the results of the second semi-final Ireland I mean I thought maybe we just might have missed out maybe 11th place 12th place oh we were 15th we were miles off even if we got double the points that we got in the semi-final we still wouldn't have qualified but I still think it's a good song so what we listen to the uh, Ireland's entry this year of course is the one for Brooke Scullion from Belay in County Derry in Northern Ireland and she sang the Irish entry this year which is called That's Rich The Eurovision Song Contest 2022 on Radio International with JP and Dermot Ireland
stupid that's See you jiggling along with this one in your living room there, Dermot. And that is Brook, That's Rich. The Irish entry to Eurovision Song Contest 2022. Sadly, only reaching number 15 in the semi-final too. That should have been in the final, definitely. But Dermot, Tel Aviv, we go next time. No, sorry, Tel Aviv, I should say. Well, JD, we're staying in the second semi-final, actually, and the song, actually, the next song we're going to listen to is a song that came, actually, just ahead of Brooke in 14th, and also didn't qualify, but it's another one as well, that's sort of a missed opportunity in Eurovision 2022. Uh, I do remember we were sitting in the arena, and they were going through the 10 qualifiers at the end of semi two. that, you know, I thought it would have been a great television moment in Torino, in Turin, if they announced that the 10th qualifier was the great Italian singer, Gile Lauro, who of course is representing San Marino this year with an extraordinary uh, staging involving a bronco, a booking bronco and all sorts and lots of leather and fire pyrotechnics and it was, I think it was the staging of the night and it would have, and I mean the people in Turin would have loved to have seen San Marino go through. So it was a bit of a damp squid both for me Irish people when uh, Brooke didn't make it in as a tank qualifier and for all the Italians in the audience when Gile Lauro didn't make it in. Gile Lauro of course is been well known in Italy. He's actually Lauro de Marinus is his name, but he took the nickname Achille Lauro because uh, it's exactly the same as his Christian name from a famous politician in Italy and the name is also familiar if you're old enough like me that there was a cruise ship that was actually kidnapped in the 80s sorry hijacked in the 80s and sunk and it was kind of a big uh, very big news story at the time and this is at the time that, uh, that Aquila himself was becoming a well established star but it's a, I think it was one of the great moments of Eurovision 2022 we will all remember the San Marino entry the entry for the most serene republic this is uh, Stripper sung by Aquila Lauro San Marino Ma guarda che donna che sono Nessuno mi può giudicare Ti fidi di me Che stupido uomo Cowboy Il mio cuore è il suo sex toy Il mio bad boy Madonna su Playboy È una Barbie 600 cavalli ah, ah. Io so Beagle È il mio personal Jesus
sono Nessuno mi può giudicare Ti fidi di me Che stupido uomo Ma che stupida voglia Ma che stupida voglia the stripper by Achille Lauro representing San Marino at the Eurovision Song Contest 2022 although he's Italian and the song ended up number 14 in semi-final two and uh, yeah indeed I agree with uh, Dermot I think one of the best staging of the of the Eurovision this year uh, when I could uh, what I could see uh, when I was in the arena Absolutely. And actually, speaking of the staging this year, JP, we have to remember that what we saw on on screen during the, the, the two semi-finals on the final wasn't actually the staging as was originally intended by Orei, by the Italian TV company, because they had made this very impressive sort of sun-type, uh, kinetic sun, I think it was called, that was all meant to rotate and go into different shapes and be very dramatic and exciting. But unfortunately, they didn't test it well enough beforehand because it took too long to rotate rotate and so the thing just stayed stationary all the way through the song presentations but it did get used during the three interval acts and actually the next thing I want to focus on actually are those interval acts that we had in Echerin this year because normally interval acts you know rarely I ever 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 remember them you know mm. like I do remember a nice one in Serbia I think back in 20, 2008 but I have to say hats off to the Italians they did a terrific job with the three semi uh, interval acts this year uh, we had Il Volo, of course, doing the second semi-final, a great uh, um, uh, rendition of Grandi Amore, actually sung in English. Uh, and that was really well done, because you actually one of them got uh, COVID. Um, but they basically had him at home on a camera, mm. and he sang with the other two on a, on a big screen. And I, it just worked. I, mean, I didn't think it would work, but I thought it was fantastic. It really came over well in the arena, and by God, as they did in Vienna in 2015, they brought the mm. house down. And then I have to mention I think JP have you played it already it was a David Mann did it in the cover spot uh, uh, it'll be in the next hour it'll be in the next hour Okay, well, a treat, a treat awaits you all then on the show because next hour you'll hear the glorious rendition of Nono da Tappa da Mahti by Gianni Cinquetti. Uh, to me, that was the actual highlight for my whole uh, trip to Turin this year. I couldn't believe that I was hearing uh, Gianni, who won the contest four years before I was born in 1964, at 72 years of age, singing live once again on a Eurovision stage. I just thought that was absolutely magical. But the, what we're actually going to listen to though now is the interval act from the first semi-final and I'm sure all of us who watched the Europe the Love Shine a Light uh, Europe, Europe Shine a Light show which was a cancelled show effectively in 2020 all remember the Italian singer Diodato singing in the empty uh, Verona arena that beautiful Roman uh, arena in Verona singing a song by Morley and I mean, just a, a beautiful song, Fire Mori, of course, means you make noise. And it was so poignant and so compelling and just, oh, heartbreaking to hear it, but beautifully done. So I was so pleased when I heard that he was actually going to be invited to do the first semi-final interval act to really get his opportunity to perform that beautiful song live on the Eurovision stage in front of a full audience, which is really what he always deserved. And I thought the staging of this was absolutely wonderful in the, in, in the first semi-final. So credit to Italy, great job in the three interval acts. I'm going to listen now to Fai Rumore, the brilliant song sung by Diodato. Sì, che non lo posso sopportare 
questo silenzio naturale tra me e te E me ne vado in giro senza parlare, senza un posto a cui arrivare Consumo le mie scarpe, forse le mie scarpe sanno bene dove andare Che mi ritrovo negli stessi posti, proprio quei posti che dovevo evitare E faccio finta di non ricordare, e faccio finta di dimenticare Quanto è fugato non sento te Che fai rumore qui E non lo so se mi fa bene Se il tuo rumore mi conviene Ma fai rumore Sì Che non lo posso sopportare silenzio innaturale tra me e te Dato and T-Bon Sanremo Song Festival 2020 with Fai Rumore. He was the song that's supposed to have gone to Eurovision 2020. It was cancelled, as we know, due to the pandemic. And uh, now he got his gig at the Eurovision Song Contest to sing that song fantastically. And Fai Rumore, perhaps it could have won Eurovision 2020 if the contest would have been on. Speaking of the 2020 contest, JP, just by sure coincidence, uh, another song that everyone thinks could have won uh, the Eurovision that year was the Icelandic entry, Danny mm. Frere's song, uh, Think About Things. Huge viral hit. I'm actually going to see him. He's here in Dublin. He's playing here in Dublin tomorrow night. Ah. And I have tickets for that. So I'll be seeing him literally this time tomorrow. I'll be seeing him in the Olympia Theatre here in Dublin. So I'm looking forward to that. Excellent. But anyway, JP, the next song I'm going to listen to tonight, and it kind of every year at Eurovision, this is kind of a consistent theme every single contest you ever go to there's one song that for for no reason that i can fathom does really really badly and just i can't i never understand why and mm. and sadly jp this year i think that the, the, that, that unfortunate uh tag is your own entry the german song uh rock stars sung by malik harris which i think is a 
perfectly fine song. I thought he stayed. I thought he sang it well. I thought it was staged nicely by German television. I thought he was very personable, and and it came last, and he got no points whatsoever from the jury. And thankfully, he avoided uh, the James Newman fate of last year. <laughs> he didn't get a double zero because thankfully enough people in the public decided to give him six points. But I thought Rock Stars is a lovely, lovely song. So have a quick listen to it now. Uh, the German entry from this year. Germany, thing we could life stop dreaming. I wish there was a way to go back dreaming. Remembering it so hard. When time is moving so far, I wish there was a way to know that we're in the good old days before we all just leave them. Sometimes I got this kind of sting that's right inside my chest. Its only purpose is convincing me that I'm a mess. And even though it's always been an uninvited guest, it finds a way, and nonetheless, wish I could change my address. And you know, just be somebody else for a couple of days. Although I'm pretty sure we all feel the same kind of way. Cause if you think about it, aren't we all set in a place where we look back at better days and wish they weren't so far away? I wish that I could just go back and be the way I was. I wish I'd still not give a damn about how I come across. I wish the way I saw myself had never gotten lost in all the worries, all the thoughts, all the thinking, all the parts. So exhausted, always caught up inside my doubts and flaws. And I'ma count them all. Somebody catch me, I'm about to fall. Yeah, I'm about to fall. Can we press pause or do a restart and be who we are? We used to be the rock stars. Never thought of no heart until this thing we could life stop dreaming. I wish there was a way to go back dreaming, remembering it so hard. It is Rock Stars by Malik Harris from Germany, number 25 at the Eurovision Song Contest. Maybe the song wasn't. Eurovision enough, maybe, perhaps. Germany always strives for a good radio airplay song, but uh, which it is basically, but it's maybe not good enough for Eurovision. I think also, and really not helped by this position in the running order. Mm. Uh, any song following Ukraine this year was always going to suffer badly, and I think Germany, unfortunately, that was the song this for them this year. Um, now, from song that did very sadly, uh, very poorly, to one that did extremely well, I think the song that most people regard as probably the true winner of this year's Eurovision Song Contest, and um, of course, we're talking about the United Kingdom and it's fair play to the BBC. They took their medicine from last year when James Newman got zero with Embers, and they went back to the draw board and they said if we're going to do well in this contest we need a decent singer with a decent song that's well staged that's exactly what we got from them this year it won the jury vote it came second overall it's the terrific spaceman from sam Ryder. the united kingdom
Well, that man is so much like Freddie Mercury. That's Sam Ryder, Spaceman, the UK's entry to Eurovision 2022. It came second, the runner-up to Ukraine's Kalush Orchestra in the grand final. And the final song for tonight on the show is, uh, well, not on the show, but in this, se in this segment of Eurovision Spotlight for Eurovision 2022 with Dermot. Just before I finish there, just say Sam Ryder. He'll be performing in the great concert uh, that's been done on, I think, Sunday night for the Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee. Huge big concert in front of wow. Buckingham Palace. And Sam Ryder is going to be performing there. So it just shows you there's life after Eurovision, folks. Uh, we're going to finish, though, tonight uh, with the very last song. Actually, it's the very last song in the final as well. And uh, it's just my own personal guilty pleasure uh, from the 2022 contest. What a song is this? It's the Estonian entry sung by Stefan. Stefan Arya Petjan. And my surname, when I quite looked at it, that doesn't sound very Estonian. And it's not because he's actually, his parents are Armenians. So obviously Stefan is one of the most prominent uh, Estonian Armenians out there. And I, there probably aren't too many of them, I imagine, in the world. But anyway, I thought it was a country western song. He did it brilliantly. The audience loved him and it did well in the final. So we finished now this little segment, this little review of the 2022 contest. Just a personal favorite for me, the Estonian entry this year, the wonderful Hope, sung by Stefan. Thank you very much, Dermot. See you next time when we're going to be doing the summer feature. To come. Looking forward to it, my friend. Have a fantastic time and see you soon. Bye bye. Ah. Take care, take care. Sorry. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Estonia.
show with JP. And this is our song, Move. Enjoy! International, the post-Eurovision depression cure with Dr. JP. with JP and this is my song attention enjoy I find myself longing for attention I'm not myself doing what I do I know I may have hurt someone I love along the way it wasn't my intent I lost myself doing what I do
Radio International, the post-Eurovision depression cure with Dr. JP. Together with my Eurovision nurses there, making you feel good. So there's no need to miss Eurovision because we're putting it into your ears. Ulrike there, at attention. It would have been Norway's entry to the Eurovision Song Contest 2020 if it wouldn't have been cancelled. Ulrike has a new song out. We're going to be having that one in just a tick. Not uh, not in just a ticks, in, in just a tick. Okay, ticks was the singer in 2021 from Norway. But Talk to me is the name of the song she released just a few days ago. And coming up in this hour, as well as the Eurovision cover spot with David Mann, we got interviews from Turin or clips from the press conference or from the red carpet with uh, Austria's Lumix featuring Pia Maria, Alvan and Ahes from La France, as well as uh, we have we chatted with Emma Muscat at the red carpet. And also at the red carpet, no, that's, uh, that's an interview with uh, Chanel. So that's coming your way in this hour if we got time to squeeze it all in as well as some requests as well to, to squeeze in. So maybe we drop one of the interviews and we're putting it onto the show next week. Alrighty. Now, let's go and listen to Ulrike and this is Talk To Me and that's all here on Radio International. This is Linda Woodruff, the official spokesperson for the Eurovision Broadcasting Union, the EBU. You're listening to Radio International with JP. It's amazing. Closing, closing 
And that's a new song by Ulrike. It's called Talk to Me. It is Radio International, the ultimate Eurovision experience in color. The Eurovision Song Contest 2022 on Radio International with JP. That's what I do at the post Eurovision Depression Cure. It's those three this week. We are reflecting on the Eurovision Song Contest 2022 with some interviews, press conference questions and clips from the red carpet or turquoise carpet as it was this, this year in Turin at the Eurovision Song Contest. And you just heard Ulrike and Talk To Me. That's a new song of the lady that would have represented Norway in 2020. Now, let's go and listen to Austria's entry. Austria didn't make it into the grand final of Eurovision this year. Ended up number 15 in semi-final one with Halo. Although, when they were on, the hall was going ape, dancing along with this. I thought, definitely, it's a qualifier. But they didn't. Uh, but now, listen to the question that I asked them during the press conference. Hello again, <laughs> JP. Eurovision, that's where you're, where you're now here at the stage. You already made some great music beforehand. Uh, what can top for you Eurovision Song Contest? What is the next challenge for you? That's a good question. <laughs> for me, like uh, Eurovision is the Champions League of music. It's the biggest event. So it's pretty hard to tell. Maybe the Super Bowl final, but it's not even as big as Eurovision. So probably this is the biggest thing for now. And uh, we see what the future has in store. Yeah, true. Same here. I I mean, this is one of the biggest things, so how you want to top that? <laughs> But um, for me, it's like to keep on going with my own music and to touch people with my music, to feel their emotions when they listen to my songs. Or That's really what I wanted to help other people with my songs. Um, easy question, Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, what are your favorites? Because you have a very um, unusual Eurovision music, um, I would say. What are your, your favorites from the Eurovision history of the past? From the past or from this year? Past. past. Well, there are a lot of yeah. great artists. Um, I personally am a big fan of Ava. I know it was quite some time ago. But if you look at their career, it was like boosted. It started with Eurovision and it became bigger and bigger and they are still doing music today they released a new album i loved it and uh, yeah big inspiration and for me it's lena my landgut um the song satellite it's still in my head and it was like a really big part of my childhood austria hello this is lumix and pia maria from austria and you are listening to radio international with jp <laughs> and this is our song halo enjoy yeah.
you go. That's Halo. The Eurovision Song Contest 2022 on Radio International with JP. And this was the Austrian entry with the song Halo reaching number 15 in the first semi-final. Now, one of the, I think, nicer staged uh, entries and very strange song, I must say, but I did like it. It's not in the positive, in the negative way, uh, was the entry from France, Alvan and Ahez. Only they reached number 24 in the grand final, so not many people did like it. But let's listen to the question that I ask Avan, Alvan and Ahez during the press conference. Bonsoir, La France. Uh, nice Bonsoir. to meet you again. And we saw in Amsterdam very briefly. JP from Radio International and the dele- uh, and the compliments to the French television for hosting a fantastic, magic Junior Eurovision last December. Now, my question is to, to Alvan and Ahez. How did you guys actually meet up and uh, form the band? What was the idea behind it? And secondly, you have been to many pre-parties. Which of those Eurovision pre-parties is, was for you the best one? And why? Hmm. So, how do we met? Um, with the girls, we met uh, a few years ago, numerous years ago. 14 years ago. 14 Stella. years ago, yeah. <laughs> so long. At school, with Marine, we were in mid-school, so we learned to sing some traditional Britain songs together and then we met with Stéphane in high school and she had same same beginning with the traditional Britain music so we began to to sing all those three together in other groups so we did like the Celtic connections in Glasgow the Festival Interceltic de Lorient in Lorient <laughs> Uh, you did the Vieille Charrue Festival, you know. And last summer, Marine went to drink some... <laughs> some, some stuff. <laughs> some coca yeah. in a bar. Coca-Cola. And she met with, uh, with Alexi. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, what did you drink <laughs> in the bar? I, I, can't, I can't remember. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> We are from Brittany, Brittany, yeah. <laughs> and um, and the second one, what is it? The second question, sorry. The pre-parties. Ah, the pre-parties. Yeah, we did few pre-parties. We went to London, Tel Aviv, Amsterdam, and Madrid. And, and what's our favorite? I think. It's, yeah, yeah, that's it. A favorite. Um, all of them were great. All of them, yeah. Yeah. For different reasons, you know, but uh, I want to answer. The last one because yeah. we 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 as the time of working on it on the performance and we yes we met the Tenchugueras too Madrid mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah for me it's Madrid for the same for me yeah same we we were more relaxed and yeah. prepared for Madrid mm. so and the atmosphere there was great with all the other artists uh, also artists from Spain. Uh, yeah. That was really cool. We met yeah. Yeah. But all the pre-parties were awesome, yeah. and we had the chance to meet all the the fans, the public, and the other artists. So that was so great to to be like really in that Eurovision experience and to meet with all the people. 
that's a human experience and that's just so awesome. Now, I understand that you met in the autumn last year to create Fulen, but not necessarily for the Eurovision Song Contest. It was just put into the national final. You won it, you have become a big success. You hear the Eurovision Song Contest. And I wonder, is there more projects planned together with you? Because I know that, uh, uh, Alvan, you are a musician, an um, instrumental Yeah, musician. Okay. Yeah. And then the voices by the ladies. So are, are you going to be working together more? And maybe, Alvan, I, I know that you're going to release an album in the near future. Tell yeah. us more about that, please. Okay. Um, we are so um, excited because uh, we made this track together because I wanted to make a song with ethnic voices from home, from Brittany, and um, at, at the beginning. Uh, we are so focused on this time, on this prison, because uh, we, we are so a lot of work. Uh, coach, vocal coaching, um, dancing coaching, and um, for now we are focused on that. But in the future, um, I can't wait to share with you my album with Fulen on it, and maybe you have some project in AS? Yes, AS, for the three of us are working will work on our project too, so yes, we'll see. Uh, for now, we don't have enough time to work on it, but after the Eurovision, there are going to be a lot of uh, of projects, and why not together? Yeah, surprise. <laughs> Hi, my name is Alvan. And ours is Ice from France. And you are listening to Radio International. With GP, and this is our song, Fulen. Here we go. Radio International, the post-Eurovision depression cure with Dr. JP. France.
Alvan and Ahez, and this is called Fulen, number 25 at the Eurovision Song Contest 2022. In fact, number 24 it was there, just ahead of uh, Germany, and uh, also um, the the position... Oh, Germany was number 25, was the last position, and then second to last, the French entry you've just heard. Now, as we continue, let's continue to listen back to some clips there. The the turquoise carpet is next, right here on uh, uh, the... the, the, It's called the Post-Eurovision Depression Cure. The Eurovision Song Contest 2022 on Radio International with JP. Let's head over to this country. Malta. Emma. Hello. Hello, hello again. We, we met at the national yeah. final. So now we have been a part of the Eurovision journey from the national final mm-hmm. to Eurovision itself. What was for you the highlight of this whole Highlights? Mm-hmm. Um, probably just... Realizing I've got fans all over Europe now, <laughs> and it's just been so amazing to just like embrace that, and it's been it's so surreal. Um, I wake up every morning and I still can't believe that I'm representing Malta Eurovision this year. So I'm really grateful for everyone's support. And uh, Eurovision is all about uniting. Yes, in Europe. It is. Have you been able to unite with other countries in this week here in Turin? Yes, I definitely have. Well, actually, in this week here, I haven't gotten a chance to meet anybody yet because we all have different times for rehearsals. We all got different um, hotels so I haven't had a chance this week however in the pre-parties we really did connect and I got to know nearly everybody and it was just really lovely um, hanging out with, with all the other countries so but besides rehearsals what is the, uh, the what are you going to be spending the time with Sorry? Besides rehearsing yes. now in this week, mm-hmm. what will you be doing in, in Turin? Um, resting, that's for sure. That's really important for me. Um, because once I'm tired, I, I literally get run down. I lose my voice and everything. So I'm definitely going to be resting and okay, I'm going to be over. enjoying it to the max. Super. All the best of luck. Thank Emma Muscat so from Malta. Thank I am you. what I am. Yes. Thank yes, you. Yes, we are. Grazie. Hi, my name is Emma Muscat from Malta and you're listening to Radio International with JP and this is my song, I Am What I Am. Malta Every time I fall down As soon as I hit the ground Remind me who I am, yeah And I'll get back up again Getting up, getting up, yeah This is my master plan I'm gonna take a stand Take it or leave it I am what I am I believe that I can I'm gonna take a man Take it or leave it I am what I am I am what I am I am what I am Bending back with your infinity Oh man 
And that's Emma Muscat from uh, the Eurovision Song Contest 2022. The Maltese entry number 16 in semi-final two. Didn't get into the grand final this year. Uh, hopefully next year more luck. But I am what I am by the lovely, beautiful Emma Muscat from sunny Malta. And from Malta, we're heading to London, Studio 3. And there we got Sir David Mann next and the Eurovision cover spot, which you're going to like very much. Radio International. Oh, I love it. Europe's number one. Yeah. You're listening to The Cover Spot on Radio International. Hello and welcome again to the Eurovision cover spot here on Radio International. Italy is our destination this time and it's 1964's San Romo Song Festival winner Gigliola Cinquetti with the song that she took to victory at that year's Eurovision Song Contest in Copenhagen. 1964's contest doesn't exist in full on film, video or any digital format. Or perhaps it does, but we just don't know about it. But fortunately we do have audio from the radio broadcast of the contest. So with her 1964 Eurovision performance of Non Huleta, here is the then youngest ever Eurovision winner at just 16, Gigliola Cinquetti with Non Huleta. No, no, Per uscire sola con te. <tose> 
Chinquetti with Mario Panzeri and Nicola Salerno's song that she took to Eurovision Victory for Italy in 1964 and that became a considerable commercial success for her, not only at home in Italy but also in the rest of Europe and Scandinavia and beyond too. Gigliola made it into the UK Top 10 chart and onto the BBC's Pick of the Pops programme with the great Alan Freeman. Hi there, Pop Pickers! It's me again, and Sunday at four means Pick of the Pops. So on to Unit One, the chart newcomers. We've got two chart newcomers this week, one British, one Italian. And for Italy, it's first time ever in the British charts at number nine for Giliola Cinquetti. Giliola Cinquetti returned to Eurovision with another classic in 1974 in Brighton, where she made a very creditable second place to an outfit from Sweden you might just have heard of called ABBA. And Giglioli returned to the Eurovision stage once more as co-host alongside the previous year's winner of the contest for Italy, Toto Cutugno, in 1991. One of that year's less chaotic moments was when Toto sat down at the piano to accompany and sing with Giglioli what we'll call half a cover of her 1964 song. Sola con te, 
e non avrei non avrei nulla da dirti perché tu sai molte più cose di me lascia che io viva l'età per amarti non ho l'età per uscire solo con te se tu vorrai se tu vorrai aspettarmi quel giorno Italy's 1991 Eurovision co-hosts Gigliola Cinquetti and Toto Cutugno with Gigliola's 1964 Italian winner. For those of us old enough to have been watching Eurovision since it was on black and white television, or as Sir Terry Wogan used to say, since God was a boy, the return of Giglioli Cinquetti to this year's Eurovision stage in Turin as a guest interval act was one of the highlights of the three shows, and we'll hear her live performance in Turin in a minute or two. But first we'll have a proper cover of the song, which Giglioli herself recorded in English, Spanish, French, German and Japanese. In past cover spots, we've heard the English version This Is My Prayer, with lyrics by Buddy Kay and Philip Springer, from guest artists such as former Danish Eurovision winners Grete and Jürgen Ingman, and from Dame Vera Lynn. But this time, it's a cover by a New York-born vocalist, Linda Joy Sampson, known professionally as Linda Scott. Linda started her professional career in a radio talent show in 1959 and had a million seller in 1961 with I've Told Every Little Star. She had her final chart single record in January 1964 but continued in the music industry principally as a backing singer until the early 1970s. Her Cap Records album from 1965, Hey Look Me Now, includes her cover of the English version of Non Ho Leta, and in fact Linda's single version did make it to number one on a chart, where she spent no less than 12 weeks at number one in the Philippines starting in December 1964. With This Is My Prayer, here's Linda Scott. This is my prayer, my only prayer, when the night comes and all is still, on my pillow, this is my prayer, that he will care 
Scott recorded in 1964. And finally, back to original artist Giuliola Cinquetti and her recent performance of the Eurovision song that took the trophy for Italy in 1964. Back then, she'd stood on the stage with just a microphone and no gimmicks for her classic Italian song. Last month in Turin, she did the same, 58 years on from her original appearance on the Eurovision stage. With non Huleta once again, Gigliola Cinquetti. Non ho l'età, non ho l'età. Per uscire sola con te e non avrei, non avrei nulla da dirti perché tu sai molte più cose. Oh 
What an amazing performance there of the Eurovision winning song 1964. in 2022. Hey boss. Big thanks to this fantastic Eurovision cover spot for David Mann. Amazing to hear these uh, covers and it's one of my all-time fame favorite Eurovision winning songs. Uh, no holy tough. Ten more minutes left on the show. Let's go and see what we're gonna what we're gonna be doing. Let's go first, uh, giving you a top te- top five of the Eurovision flashback. It's gonna be 1999, and this is requested by Alexander Sanchez from Bilbao in Spain, who loves those uh, quick clips back. The top five of 1999. See if you remember who was in there. And then we're going to be following this one up from uh, a Eurovision Song Contest 1980. Anna Vichy represented Greece back then in 1980, made number 13 with the song Order Stop. And she has got a new song out together with Daphne Lawrence. Aima, that's what it's called. And it was released just a few, really literally a, f- a couple of days ago. And Alexander said, JP, you've got to play that one on the show this week. And you also heard it on the newscast with Nick in the last hour. So let's first do our trip back into 1999. Number five, Israel with Eden and happy birthday. And that's number four, Croatia's Doris Dragovic, Maria Magdalena. Those were the days. Number three for Germany, Surprise and Reise nach Jerusalem, the journey to Jerusalem. Selma, all out of luck for Iceland at number two, the running up position in 1999. What was the winner? Sweden and Charlotte Nielsen now call Charlotte Perelli and take me to your heaven. Radio International, the post Eurovision depression cure with Dr. JP. 
Eurovision's greatest hits with JP. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. That's okay, you're fine. <laughs> Thank you very much there. 1980 Radio International Eurovision Gold with JP. Μαζί μου ξεκίνα και κάνε με το στόχο το γύρο τη γη. Μπορεί να πα όπου θε, Ευρώπη ή Κίνα. Και για Αθήνα να πει και όπου βρεθεί. There you go, that's auto stop. We're going to be doing the auto stop after the next piece of music, but first, let me remind you of the song. It's by Anna Vissi, auto stop of the Greek entry in 1980, made number 13, and she's got the new song out, which is going to be the final song on the show today. She sings it together with Daphne Lawrence, it's called Aima. For Alexander Sanchez in Bilbao, in Spain, he's had a second one. He said, uh, also, there's Maya Blackdown from Croatia. We're going to be putting that one on the show next week because we're simply running out of time today. And I'd like just to say thank you, a huge thank you to everybody listening to the show. Even time shifted. If you can't listen live on Wednesdays, you can listen to it anytime via the different radio stations I mentioned earlier on. 
this uh, Switch SX on Saturdays and Sunday lunchtime from 1pm Central European time also 1pm on South Norfolk Radio in the UK on Sunday Tuesday on Radio 105 in Malta that's at 9pm Friday at 10pm on Radio GoGo Gibraltar or anytime on the website via www.radiointernational.tv We are on Spotify, on Mixcloud, on iTunes and Google Podcasts, wherever we're there. Or even Samsung Podcasts as well now. Thank you to Dana for joining us this week on the show together with my co-interviewers John, Salman and Mark. To David Mann for the Eurovision cover spot and the birthday file. To Nick van Leith for the Eurovision news, courtesy of ESCExa.com. Dermot Manning for the Eurovision Spotlight and I think that's it and of course you for listening now let's go play out with Anna VC and I'll see you next week with another edition it's Dose 4 of the post Eurovision Depression Cure with Dr. JP as we now play out with Daphne Lawrence and Anna VC and Ima on the way next see you next week bye bye Δεν έχει σταματήσει Έμα, έμα Η πληγή ακόμα στάζει Έμα, έμα Χρόνια τώρα δεν αλλάζει Και δεν έχει πια ουσία Να προσπαθώ να λυτρωθώ Αφού δεν μπορώ Με αφήνεις πίσω μένω παγωμένη Παραλίω δεν μιλάω μου διασμένη Κάτι έχεις κάνει νιώθω μαγεμένη Μαγεμένη, μαγεμένη
Σαν τη φλόγα κόκκινο νερό με πνίγει Η αναμνήσεις σου και με τη λίγη Πάνω να σάνω πως να το κάνω Απ' το βυθό τον αέρα δεν φτάνω Ίσως εν τέλει το απολαμβάνω Γράφω κομμάτια μόνο όταν σε χάνω Με αφήνεις πίσω με ένα πάνω Oh. <laughs>